0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another exciting night of NBA basketball.
0: With the first pick, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State University. Chandler get! all. Oh, wow. The Pistons are digging in. They got the depth. They got the big man. They got the
1: better basketball team. No doubt about it. There's Jayden playing the passing lane. Sky's a jam. Dynamite kind of like
0: Duncan. The crowd loves it. Pistons need a three, and they have just other three seconds to do it. Here's Chauncey Phillips. Here it is. Pistons fans, hello and welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by, believe, Aaron Johnson here with you hosting for this week's show. We are unfortunately without our good friend and companion, Mike Angolano, but joining me is the steady hand, Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, we've got a lot to talk about. Pistons have played five games so far as we record on the, e- on the eve, night of, whatever you want to call it of the Pistons-Pelicans game here on Thursday night. But my friend, we're going to talk about so much from what we've seen from the first five games. But first off, how are you doing? I
1: am doing great. It's wonderful to be on here. It's kind of crazy to think that tonight we're talking about game number six. We recorded our first podcast of the season after game number one. Things are going quickly. We have a lot to talk about. It's been a very up-and-down start to the season for Detroit. They are already playing their second back-to-back. They have another one coming next week as well. No rest for the weary, for sure. Uh, but it does appear that the Pelicans are going to be without Zion Williamson for tonight. We will still see if Alec Burks and Jalen Duran are out for Detroit, but could be a very winnable game after what was a very disappointing loss against the Tortland Trailblazers last night wasn't
0: it yeah pistons two and three heading into this game against the pelicans could easily be three and two if not four and one if you recall the one point loss to miami to begin the season so we're going to talk about all of that and more before we do i want to talk about our sponsor bet online the last of the major pro sports leagues are off and rolling with college basketball just about ready to go as well Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport at your fingertips, with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the Bet Online today, and remember to use our promo code Believe. B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, a lot to talk about with the Detroit Pistons. Through their first five, two and three. Again, could be three and two after that horrid, horrid loss to Portland, where they just completely collapsed. And then the one-point loss to Miami, a couple games Detroit could have definitely been on the other side of, had a couple things gone their way. But let's first start with, I think, the topic that's on everybody's mind, and that is the Detroit Pistons' starting lineup. It's something that we talked about a lot in the offseason and getting into the preseason. We talked about the different iterations of the starting lineup we were hoping for, who should be in, who should be out, what are the key pillars of the lineup. And the Pistons, through five games, have started, excuse me, through, for the first four games, have started Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Dern, and Asar Thompson. Dern didn't play against Portland, so they didn't have him in their starting lineup yesterday or on Wednesday night. But that main starting lineup, the backcourt, Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham, and the frontcourt, Asar Thompson, Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Dern. There's been a lot of backlash, I'd say, towards the starting lineup, pretty much directed towards one player. Jasper, what has been your viewpoint of the starting lineup that the Pistons are bringing out to start the season?
1: Well, I can't imagine who you'd be talking about in that starting lineup. Uh, There's certainly nobody there who is uh, controversial among Pistons Twitter or the fan base whatsoever. No, of course. Um, It has been... I want to say a mixed bag. I don't want to start off by being negative, but I think, and this is coming from somebody who advocated for him to be in the starting lineup as the season began. Killian Hayes has just not really been up to the task for Detroit so far. It has not been good. Um, They are just, they're really not doing well with him on the court. Yes. The defense has been okay. Um, You know, they have a 105 defensive rating with him on the court. But overall, the Pistons' starting lineup has not done great this season. It's their top-used lineup. They've played 56 minutes together. Um, That's including Jalen Duren in there. They have a net rating of minus 18 points per 100 possession. It's just not really working. And even when you take out Jalen Duren, you add Marvin Bagley, as you did last night, um, minus 8.1. So... Aaron, this is a very difficult conversation, I think, for us to have because, frankly, none of the Pistons' guards have really pulled away to a place where you're like, okay, this guy has played so well, you just need to find somebody else next to him. And I know Cade Cunningham has been a great scorer for this team so far. Um, But the fact is, he is averaging so many turnovers. I mean, Aaron, he is 15th in the league in uh, uh turnover percentage for the entire league he is per 100 possessions only one player Victor Webanyama, is averaging more turnovers per 100 than Cade Cunningham right now it's definitely an issue and a big part of that is that he does not have another guard to play off of Killian Hayes has just not been able to score for the basketball and i mean is that really a surprise at this point we I think we've seen enough out of Killian Hayes to know he just has not been up to the task as an off-ball scorer, as a shooter, as a finisher, and even, frankly, as a playmaker. Um, We have talked about Monty Morris coming back and our belief that he needs to be in the starting lineup, but look, he's not the only guy, and they don't have him for at least another two weeks. We also have to talk about Jaden Ivey. We also have to talk about Alec Burks. And frankly, at this point, with the way that the Pistons guards have played, I think we need to talk about Marcus Sasser as well. Aaron, for you, what does it come down to? Is the issue that Killian Hayes is in the starting lineup, or is the issue something even bigger than that?
0: I think there are big issues outside of just Killian Hayes with the starting lineup, because just subtracting Killian Hayes does vastly improve the the offensive output of the starting lineup. You know, you look at a guy like Alec Burks, can space the floor. Obviously, the numbers look completely different with him on the court with those other four starters, Stewart, Durin, Cunningham, and Asar Thompson than it does with Killian Hayes. You know, it's, it's a negative five and a half net rating uh, with Killian in the starting lineup. It's a plus 5.8 rating when Alec Burks is playing alongside Stuart Duran, Cunningham, and Thompson. So I I, I really do think it starts with Killian Hayes. I mean, the Pistons' defensive rating is only 0.3 points better uh, with Killian Hayes on the court than it is with him off the court. And with him off the court, their offensive rating increases by 8.5 points. We're talking... You know, if, if you're into analytics, if you're into numbers, if you're into stats, all the numbers point to Gillian Hayes needing to be out of the starting lineup, perhaps out of the rotation in general, but I guess that would be a a discussion for another time. The problem with the starting lineup, and it's something that we talked about heading into the season, it needed more shooting. That was one of the major issues that I had with, the, with Isaiah Stewart starting. And that was bef- that was when I was under the impression that it was going to be Jaden Ivey and Boyan Bogdanovich in the starting lineup, not Asar Thompson and Killian Hayes. So we were already worried about the spacing and it, the Pistons probably took their two worst three-point shooters in Killian Hayes and Thompson and put them next to Cunningham in a front court with Durin and Stewart. And I, again, I know Stewart's made a a good percentage of his three point shots to start the regular season. Let's be honest. He's his shot profile is way different than it was in the preseason when he was just chucking as many as he could get up. He's being very selective with the three pointers that he's taking in the regular season and give him credit. The ones that he's taking, he's shooting a high percentage of, but there's just not a whole lot of spacing in that starting lineup and a big issue is that Killian Hayes is in that starting lineup bringing that shooting down because Thompson and Stewart do so much more than what Killian brings to the table. So I know I'm rambling, but that's that's where my mind is at with the starting lineup. There's There's big issues. I think Killian Hayes is definitely a big part of the issue. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if taking him out is going to solve everything, but I do think it would make things better.
1: No, I I think you're right. And here's part of the problem with it is that, frankly, the Pistons haven't been very good with Asar Thompson on the floor, um, and they've been much better with him off the floor as well. This is all, you know, small sample size theater, but I think the real issue here is that you can get away with Asar Thompson being a rookie, being an unproven offensive talent, if you have more players around him that can pick up that slack, because you need his defense right now. I, I really am of the belief that you you still need his perimeter defense to make things work with his starting lineup. But no, the, just as of right now, I mean, I said, the Pistons' most used five-man lineup is that Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Cunningham, Durant Thompson, Offensive rating of 94 with those five on the floor together, it's just not working. And I'm not really sure what the answer is here because if your your intent is to have the best defensive lineup out there possible, well, Alec Burks isn't exactly an outstanding option to have there. And Jaden Ivey, frankly, has not really proven himself – So much in the limited minutes that he's had to where you can go, oh, well, you know, just get him out there. Look, (laughs) Jaden Ivey has played 48 minutes with Cade Cunningham this year. They have a net rating of minus 22 together. We can talk about the offensive rating with those five together. The offensive rating with Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, it's 86.1. So something's not clicking there either. There's just too many turnovers with those guys both on the floor. There's just too many turnovers in general right now. There's not enough shooting. That Pistons starting lineup, true shooting percentage of 50% on the dot. That is just not going to cut it in the NBA. Like, you need way more scoring than that. It's nice to have good defenders, but you cannot, you can't hang your hat on that. The NBA, as it is in the modern iteration, is too offensively focused of a game you need to have guys out there who can score because even if you have the best defensive lineup possible, the fact is you are not going to be able to hold opposing teams to 95 points a game. It's just not going to happen in 2023. It's, it's not how the league works. So I I think I don't really know what the answer is. We have advocated on this podcast for Monty Morris to replace Killian Hayes in the starting lineup when he does return but we're still a while away from that. I think personally, if it was me, I would start throwing Jaden Ivey back out there. He's looked much more comfortable as a scorer, as a distributor. No, he hasn't been perfect defensively, far from it, but he's looked better on that end than he did, you know, during that disastrous season opener against Miami. I just think you have to switch something up. Because the scoring is not there right now. You're not putting enough pressure on the rim. I think that's a big reason of why Cade Cunningham is so turnover prone right now. Look, even coming out of college, you knew he was going to turn the ball over. He's always been a high turnover player. But you can live with that if he's also creating for others. As of right now, I think there's just too much pressure on him to score. The Pistons... Yes, while they are shooting a really high percentage from three, they're not shooting a lot of threes. And I think a big reason for that is that they're just, there are not the quality looks that they need there. And I really think that that is something that is weighing on Cade as a playmaker and as a scorer.
0: It's really contributing to these turnovers. They need to change something right now. Look, and I think we should talk about Cade Cunningham here for, for a minute. Uh, he has had a few big scoring games this year, but he's doing so not getting to the free throw line, averaging over five, nearly five and a half turnovers per game. The Pistons are average the most turnovers per game in the league. They're dead last. They're dead last in three-point attempts per game as well. But I feel like Cade Cunningham has struggled. To to be quite frank, it's there's been some good performances, no doubt. But down the stretch, he has had some bad moments. I think that Portland game is the the one you can look at most certainly and say there were a lot of mistakes here. Not that he missed a couple shots, but it was the turnovers that were really killer. Jasper, what are you what are you seeing? With, with Cade right now. I mean, I still, I, I'm not sitting here hitting the panic button like, oh my gosh, no, this is, you know, terrible. Like, Cade's going to be a bust. Uh, the sky's falling. No, down. no, no. That's what I'm saying, yeah, but I think we do need to have that discussion because we can talk all day long until our, our faces turn blue about who should start between Alec Burks or Killian Hayes or Jaden Ivey. But if Cade Cunningham's going to continue to have the types of performances that he has, Even if he does have the games where he scores 30, this team's not going to win. They just can't uh, with Cade averaging as many turnovers as he's averaging. No, you're absolutely correct. And look, let's preface this first off by saying
1: Cade Cunningham is not the problem here. Cade Cunningham is not the issue with this team as of right now. Um, They just, they don't have the supporting cast, I think, around him at all times, to really give him what he needs to succeed. That being said, there's way too many possessions where he's dribbling into traffic and he's not making the right reads. He's making lazy passes. He's trying to dribble too much. He's just, he's doing too much out there right now. He's pressing a little bit. And I don't know if that is, you know, him having too much of an offensive load because there just aren't the individual scores in the lineup next to him. I mean, you you can't put the ball in Killian Hayes' hands and say, Hey, go get me a bucket. It, it just isn't happening. You can't do it to Isaiah Stewart. Asar Thompson is not there right now. His handle. Look, I think he has the ability to handle the ball in the future, but I've seen enough through five games. It's not there right now. It's something that's going to have to come along as the season progresses. Um, when I look at what Cade is doing right now, I think it's a multi, multi-layered thing. They're not putting the right guys out there with him to take the load off of his shoulders. And I think that when you do have Alec Burks out there, there's a reason the offense looks so much better because Cade doesn't have to have the ball all the time. He doesn't have to look to score. He doesn't have to look to make the perfect pass. And he's not pressing constantly to get his own offense. I just think that there's a big issue with the lineups they're putting out there and with him pressing just a little bit too much. Yeah. He's scoring, but it's taking a toll on him. Look, he had one turnover in the first half last game. He had five in the second half. And to me, that speaks to something a little bit more than just, Hey, this guy is turnover prone. You can live with him averaging three and a half turnovers per game. You can't live with him averaging five and a half. It's just not sustainable. So they need to figure out something to do in order to take that pressure off of him, which is to me why I would be advocating for in the short term. I think you need to put either Alec Burks out there or you need to let Jaden Ivey cook because we're at that point now too where he is averaging 20 minutes per game. And I know he hasn't been great, but look, you just drafted this guy fifth overall last year and the amount of improvement he made within the season, was staggering. He went from not being like able to trust him with the ball in his hands to him being dynamic with the ball in his hands. You went from him not being able to shoot either off the dribble or off the catch to him being a knockdown three-point shooter whenever he's getting the ball passed out to him. I trust Jaden Ivey to knock down catch-and-shoot threes, period. Like That's a part of his game. I want him to keep rolling with that. And I know the defense hasn't been great. It's true, but look, this team is not winning 40 games. They're not in a position to me to where they should be saying, look, we have really high hopes for this guy, but we need to win games right now. I don't think you're there. You're at the place where you need to be developing your young talent. I don't know what the answer is, but I do think Jaden Ivey needs more of a shot right now because we're getting to the point where I'm worrying that you are messing with his confidence that you're messing with his game and potentially his long-term fit in Detroit. It hasn't been perfect, but you need to give him the opportunity to be better. I don't want to read too much into this, into Twitter stuff, but you're seeing, you know, his uncle liking tweets that are saying where the hell is Jaden Ivy? And I'm not going to say that it's a, a huge reason for concern but generally speaking, where there's smoke, there's fire. We saw it with Marvin Bagley's dad in Sacramento. So as of right now, I just don't think that this starting lineup has been good enough. I don't think these guards have been good enough to justify not giving Jaden Ivey more of a shot. Aaron, where do you fall on this? Because like I said, he hasn't really been that good. But I think he's been good enough and he's improved from the first two games enough to where you can look at him and say, shoot, let's get this guy's minutes up. We talked about it in the preseason. Look, we don't care if Jaden Ivey doesn't start games, but he needs to be finishing them. And as of right now, he's not. The only game he finished was in, you know, what was in that blowout um two games ago. They gave him a shot then, but to me, that's not how you bring along a young player.
0: The Pistons, to me you know, the Pistons have done what I would expect, Like They're not going to make drastic changes through after one, two, three games. Like it's been five games. Now, how much longer does it need to be before you start to say, okay, here's what the numbers say. Here's what us as a coaching staff is seeing. This is what we need to change. And, That's where my mind is at with the starting lineup. Has it been long enough where the coaching staff? Because you have to balance the locker room too. And I think that that's something that, from an outside perspective, is sometimes forgotten. It's not considered is that if you go into your locker room after game one, after game two, and completely change the starting lineup and completely. That's how you lose
1: a team. That's how you lose a team. The locker
0: room falls apart. Right. So I didn't expect Monty Williams to, to change the lineup after game one, game two, game three, game four, game five. I do think we're at the point, and we'll see what happens in this New Orleans game tonight. I think we're at the point that if Alec Burks is back, Alec Burks needs to get the starting position. The numbers just say this is the guy to put with your starters. And it's frustrating from the standpoint of, okay, well, you're making a change to the starting lineup, but it's not the one that everyone seemingly wants with Jade and Ivy going into the starting lineup. But if the Pistons are trying to to win ball games right now and 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 compete at the highest level, the numbers say play Alec Burks. And if if it doesn't lead to wins and you get to you know ten games under 500 and 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 your mind changes to okay, let's put Jade and Ivy in the starting lineup. Let's focus more on player development and and trying to rebuild chemistry and things like that. Then fine. But the numbers right now say to play Alec Burks with the starters. And I, I'll be honest, I don't think Jaden Ivey's been bad this year. I don't think he's been great, but I, I've seen some things that, that I like. I think he's competing at a very high level. I definitely think he is competing at a higher level defensively than he was last year. I will say that for sure. You know, it may not always result in a stop, but I see that the effort is way higher than it was last season. So for that, I will definitely give him credit for the offensive numbers, not necessarily great, but again, he's only playing 20 minutes per game. The lineups he he's in are not always the greatest. And that's a factor of the Pistons are missing Monty Morris, Isaiah Livers, Boyan Bogdanovich, three guys that I would imagine are in the road we're going to be in the rotation game one so he's not out there with a bunch of great players alongside him which tends to bring a player down I just think the numbers say it's Alec Burks it's the eye test it's the numbers and if it doesn't work then you try Jaden Ivey maybe you try Marcus Sasser who's had some good moments here and there but I, I do think the Pistons need to make a change and I understand why they haven't done it yet but I feel like we're at a point now where there's at least enough data and enough time and enough games and enough film to look at it and say okay here's where we're struggling here's where we're losing games and moments here's where we're winning games and moments who's on the court when we're winning who's on the court when we're losing what combinations work how am i where when is kate cunningham playing his best and that's how the pistons can can start to make their decisions and i think that if they do that they'll come To the to the findings that Alec Burks needs to replace Killian Hayes in the starting line.
1: Aaron, you talk about the numbers. Here's a number for you. Killian Hayes, 27.2 minutes per game played this year. Field goal percentage, 27.3%. Not ideal. And we can talk about Jaden Ivey and his issues all you want, but the guy is a bucket. He can score, he can give you instant offense. I think especially when we're talking about Cade's issues with turnovers, you need something like that. I am with you, though. As of right now, I I think Alec Burks needs to be starting. You simply have to take some of that pressure off of Cade's shoulders to be the playmaker, to be the scorer, uh, to be the guy that always has to make the right pass. I just think it's it's too much right now. And people will look at Isaiah Stewart and say, hey, you know, the spacing issue, he's shooting 44% from three right now albeit on only 3.6 attempts per game. But (laughs) you, you know, I, I think that's actually more of an issue than people are saying, because if Isaiah Stewart is spacing the floor alongside Kate Cunningham, and you're still having these offensive issues, I think it speaks to a larger problem with how your starting lineup is currently constructed. So yes, I think we're on the same page here, Aaron. Alec Burks needs a shot. And at some point this season, Jaden Ivey needs a shot as well, because I do think you're at risk of potentially you talked about the locker room. You can't make those switches too quick, but at a certain point you also do need to make the switches because that's also how you lose a locker room. If you don't put the best players out there in the best position to succeed and a guy like Jaden Ivey or Alec Burks look at Kelly and Hayes and says, yeah, he's giving you decent defense, but like shooting 27% from the field, How is that acceptable for an NBA player? Um, Which I think probably speaks to the fact that Killian Hayes likely won't be an NBA player next year. Um, So, yeah, we can move on. I definitely am interested to see how do you think Monty Williams has handled this team so far? Because I think that there are a lot of positives. I think that there are a lot of negatives as well.
0: Yeah, I think there's a fair mix on both sides. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not dissatisfied or, or anything like that. I think he's done an absolutely fine job. Uh, And it's, there's got to be a grace period too, because, you know, you have all these new players, but you have a new coach, you have a new system, you have a new coaching staff. So there's a lot going on at once for this Pistons team. And he's having to juggle bringing in, his new system, his new philosophies, his coaching staff to a team that's brought in a bunch of new players. is bringing back Kate Cunningham, who missed a ton of time last year. So he's having to juggle a lot, and I think he's done a good job. I don't think that that's anything crazy to say either. So I think Williams has done a good job. I think he's had to to make some decisions. that is you know, Something like playing Killian Hayes, right? Starting Killian Hayes. I mean, he has to he has to see if he can get something different out of a top ten pick in the draft, and see if he can revive his career. Whether that's to build up his trade value so that he can be moved at a later point in time, or to see if he is capable of turning things around and helping this team win basketball games. But overall, I like I've liked. Uh, what I've seen from Monty Williams, I think you know he has the Pistons competing. They definitely have this this standard of of fighting and, and being tough and being physical and being willing to to get in your face and and make tough plays, things like that. So I think he's instilling some some good values in this young team and 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 things that you want a young team to learn how to do early because they're harder to get them to do later on in their career especially if they they haven't been doing it uh, in their first few years in the league i think the big thing uh for me is does monty williams make a change to the starting lineup does the philosophy change to get this team to shoot more three-pointers and and how does all that optimize around cade cunningham a lot of the stuff that we've already kind of talked about but overall i think monty williams has, has done a good job again the pistons are a couple plays away from being three and two or or four and one instead of two and three.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And shoot, I I know we're known as the doom and gloom podcast, but I'm with you on this. I I also believe that it's crucial for this team to develop an identity on the defensive side of things because they are so limited offensively in what they have to work with right now. Uh, We have talked about it for months now. Monty Williams walked into a situation where he was damned if he did, damned if he didn't, when it came to these lineup decisions. If he went all in on offense, then he was going to have these huge defensive holes. If he went all in on defense, he was going to have these big offensive holes. And look, he decided to go in on defense. I think that's totally understandable, especially when you look at the kind of identity that you're seeing this team build after just five games. Aaron, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like they have more of an identity through five games than they did through the entirety of Dwayne Casey's career outside of, you know, the the supernova Blake Griffin season. Um, I see so much more in terms of like, okay, they're going to play tough. They're going to go all out defensively. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Duran, they're going to try and impose their will on teams down low, both on the offensive and defensive end. They're going to throw Asar Thompson at the opposing team's best offensive player. They're going to run things through Cade. To me, it makes sense what he's doing out there. And I'll also give him a lot of credit. I think for such an offensively limited starting lineup, he's done an excellent job of drawing up plays to get guys open. Uh, Sam Vicini, did a really, really, good breakdown on how Monty Williams is using the screen game to get players like Alec Burks open and create good looks for Jalen Duren and King Cunningham in the pick and roll and the pick and pop. I think it's been very encouraging from that standpoint. Yes, I have my questions about how he's using Jaden Ivey. Yes, I have my questions about the efficacy of Killian Hayes playing 27 minutes per game when he can't shoot for the life of him. That being said, look, we saw James Wiseman play his first minutes of the season last last night. He looked terrible. And I think you have to give Monty Williams a lot of credit for understanding what the roster he has can do, understanding its limitations, being willing to mix up his lineups a little bit. He's played a lot of different combinations. So unlike Dwayne Casey, where it kind of felt like his identity was, look, look, We have all these issues, but we're not going to do anything to fix them. We just have to compete harder every night, which was beyond frustrating at times. It feels like Monty Williams is coming in here and actually working with the players to figure out what the solutions to those problems are instead of just saying, hey, we have to work harder. That's not good enough. It hasn't been good enough for a while now. And I think if there's one thing you can take from that, it's that Monty Williams is trying to build an identity. You're already seeing it on the court. And he is doing enough to where you can look at these these lineups and say, no, they're not perfect, but at least he's trying.
0: Jasper, I think we have a good opportunity here to bring back a segment from that we brought in last year during the season, and that's our stock up, stock down report. Uh, I always enjoyed doing these last year. I thought they were just a fun little quick segment to take a look at. A couple of players who are playing well, a couple of players who aren't playing well and let's start with the stock down part of this segment Jasper through the first 5 games who are is trending down for the Detroit Pistons well Aaron I just mentioned him he has only played
1: one game 6 minutes for this team this year it's got to be James Wiseman um he was abysmal last night absolutely abysmal on both ends of the court I, we talked about it when we first brought him in. We said, hey, look, maybe they can get something out of him. We did not have a lot of faith. I have even less faith now. He was roundly and soundly beaten out by Marvin Bagley, the third in the preseason. And look, Monty Williams has more than justified his decision to keep Wiseman out of the lineup. Uh There last night, in the six minutes he played, defensive rating of 162 and a half. Just what do you even say to that? And He slows everything down on the offensive end. There is absolutely no flow to the offense. He's not a willing passer. He's not a good shooter. He's not a good enough rebounder. He's a terrible defender. There is just, and when I say stock down, it's like for a guy who's played six minutes all year, I mean that in the sense of like, I don't even know who you could offload him on for a second round pick at this point. If I'm an NBA GM, I'm just saying, don't worry about it, man. Like, outside of having his salary come off the books this offseason, there is absolutely nothing appealing about James Wiseman to an NBA franchise right now. I think that if he can't do anything in the limited playing time that he's getting for this team, especially when they had Jalen Duran out last night and they needed a big man to step up because they were starting Marvin Bagley and they're not playing Isaiah Stewart at the five, what's the opposite of acing your audition? Is that like when you slip on a banana peel on stage and then like crash into the orchestra and one of the cymbals goes flying and decapitates the director? Because that's about what I felt his performance was last night. It was abysmal. Um, just, Just absolutely nothing good to say. Shoot, their rebounding percentage with him on the floor last night was 40%. They're not even grabbing rebounds when he's on the floor. He's seven feet tall. Um, yeah, to me, James Wiseman, I think if he doesn't get another minute of playing time for this team this year, that's a good sign. Genuinely, it's a good
0: sign. Uh, this brings me back to our podcast last season, immediately after the trade. I remember getting absolutely thrashed for talking about how much I disliked that trade from Detroit's perspective wow that (laughs) that takes me back but I will give my stock down now I mean I'd pick Wiseman I would pick Killian Hayes here but I feel like we've talked about him so much I'm gonna gonna switch it off to Joe Harris um didn't have a bad game against Portland but before that just was not seen for, for the Pistons to be quite frank was not really getting shot attempts, wasn't making them when he was getting shots up. Obviously the issues on, on defense are profound. Um Hopefully he's trending in the right direction after the Portland game, but for a guy that should be able to give Detroit minutes and, and should be playing a role for them, especially with how many guys they have out right now, I was hoping Joe Harris could give a little more, um, But you gave up all your cap space in the offseason to get him. And the returns right now have not met the investment. So Joe Harris is my stock down pick. Jasper, I'll swing it back over to you for your stock up pick.
1: Yeah, Aaron. I mean, before I get into my stock up guy, I will say I'm totally with you on Joe Harris. He was my second choice as well. Um, Just has not provided the volume shooting that you need. Like you said earlier on in the podcast, Pistons are dead last in three-point attempts per game. Joe Harris was brought in to be a volume three-point shooter. He has not done that, and he hasn't provided you with really anything else either in terms of cutting or in terms of defense or playmaking for others. It's not why you brought him in, but it just it hasn't been there for him. It's very, very disappointing. You really need Boyan Bogdanovich back. For me, my stock-up guy is going to be the player that soundly beat out James Wiseman in the preseason. It's got to be Marvin Bagley III for me, which is which is a sentence I did not think I'd be saying, but here we are. Look, when he's on the floor, the Pistons have a net rating of plus 10.5, and I think the most encouraging thing, that defensive rating is at 102.3. He has really stepped up his game this, this year, Aaron. He has been a reliable interior scorer. He has not... Been stepping out and trying to shoot a whole bunch of threes and jumpers. He's doing it a little bit still, but it's down from last year. I think that he's looked much, much better. He looks a lot more focused. He looks way more locked in. He's done a really nice job. Look, Aaron, as of right now, we talked about James Wiseman. One of the most frustrating things when he's on the floor is that the ball doesn't move. Right now, Marvin Bagley III is playing a career low in minutes played. He's averaging a career high in assists per game. He's shooting the best percentage from the floor he ever has in his career, 60% from two. I think he's been really locked in. This seems like the first year where he understands that he is a role player with a role to play. He's not ever going to be a star in this league. He's probably not ever going to be a starter at this point. But it seems as though Monty Williams has gotten him to accept his role as a rim running big, as a guy who has to grab rebounds, who needs to score consistently in the post and play pick and roll and not hunt for his own shot. I have a lot of good things to say about Marvin Bagley III. I'm hoping that he can continue this because if he can, if this is the type of, of game that he's willing to play, where he's willing to move the ball, where he's willing to work on defense, where he's willing to get the offensive shots that, this team needs him to get. I think that not the sky is the limit, but that he can really prove that not only is, you know, he worthy of those minutes, but that he's worthy of the contract that he got, which was frankly an overpay when he signed it. You can live with your backup center who's scoring at the, at the rate he is, who's giving you the defensive contributions that you need. You can justify paying him $13 million a year. So I really think Marvin Bagley III has done a great job through these first five
0: games. I'm happy to say it. Aaron, for you, who's your stock up guy this week? I was going to take Marcus Sasser, but I realized that that was really unfair to maybe the guy that's been Detroit's best player this year all around. And that's Jalen Durant. Uh, 15 and a half points, over 13 rebounds, over three assists, two blocks, almost a steal a game. Shooting nearly 70% from the field. I I can't can't put into words, I guess, how good Jalen Duran's been. I, I think I've always thought very highly of him. I think what I'm seeing now is is a, a an all-star type potential, an all-star type guy for Detroit. I mean, what he is doing right now is incredible. He was up for Eastern Conference Player of the Week for the first week of the season. He did receive uh, votes for it and rightfully so i mean he has been incredible on both sides of the court his chemistry with kate cunningham there was a nice story uh, in the athletic i believe from james edwards the regarding durin and cunningham and how they only got to play 79 minutes together last season but they actually got together in texas in the off season to to get to know each other and and you know, build chemistry. And I just thought that was great. And you can see it on the court because those two play very, very well together. And Jalen Duran, who unfortunately missed the Portland game, as we're finishing up recording here, we don't know his status for the Pelicans game yet, but he was unfortunately out for the Portland game. But he's been so, so good in the four games that he's played so far. The numbers say it, the eye test says it. And he's been one of those guys that, Jasper, you talked about this team having more of an identity- uh, so far than they they had in in last season, and I think Jalen Durrance done a re- been played a really big role in setting that tone and building that identity for his toughness, his competitiveness, the way he plays out on the court. I mean, he really sets the tone for that team. Uh, You know, you saw him in the oh, I'm trying to remember what game it was. It was definitely the the home opener, and who was oh there? the Bulls game Bulls game. You saw the Bulls game, he was dominant. He was dominant. You saw him, you know, talking to, to teammates, and I think it was Kate Cunningham and Asar Thompson who were upset with calls throughout the game. And he was going up and pulling them away and you know, taking them away from the official and not letting them get, you know, te- teed up or anything like that. Then he would talk to the official like you're seeing leadership out of him. You're seeing everything. And I've just been very, very impressed with Jalen Dern. I'm honestly disappointed in myself for him not being my the first name that came to mind when I thought of the stock up report. And maybe that's because he was out for the Portland game. I'm going to say that's why. But man, Jalen Duran has been on an absolute tear to open the season. And if he's this good, this young, at 20 years old, uh, the league is in for some trouble. He is going to be a very, very, very good player for a very long time. He's...
1: He's finally taken the mantle of he's only 19 years old from Jason Tatum. It's, <laughs> it's about seven years where Jason Tatum has been only 19 years old. But guess what? Jalen Dern still is only 19 years old. You're so right, Aaron. I mean, I remember last year when we were coming out of the draft and there was a lot of talk that Troy Weaver strongly was considering taking Jalen Dern with the fifth overall pick. I know we kind of laughed at it at the time. I, I'm not laughing now. Uh, Jalen Durin looks like an absolute star. He looks like a star in this league. He looks like a star for this team. Genuine, I'm going to ask you a question right now. Do you think Jalen Duren makes an all-star team this year?
0: I don't think he does this year. Um, I think he's been very, very good. I just don't think the Pistons are going to win enough. And I, I I think if they're they're going to have an all-star, it would have to be, Cunningham you you, you'd at least imagine but I don't necessarily think it's it's out of this realm like if he continues to put up these numbers and maybe the Pistons are a little more competitive than we are anticipating then then maybe but it would be tough that doesn't take away from the fact that he's having an incredible start to the season no I look I think there's a genuine argument you can make Joel Embiid bam out of
1: bio those guys are pretty much locks for all-star nods in the East. I think you genuinely could make an argument that through five games, the third best center in the Eastern conference has been Jalen Duran. He has just been that damn good at both ends of the ball. He is playing a grown man's game right now. I love that pick, Aaron. I think you're absolutely spot on. Um, He's proving that he is going to be a force in this league for a long time to come. I will say... The one thing that makes me nervous, he's had a lot of ankle issues so far. He he has, and that's why he's out tonight. He sat out a lot of games last year because of ankle issues. It's definitely something that is, I think, worth keeping an eye on. But other than that, I, I don't really have anything bad to say about his game. I think he's maybe been a little lax defensively in a couple of them in terms of, like, not quite focusing on what's going on off the ball, allowing certain cuts and stuff like that. Overall, uh, he's just been spectacular. So I love that pick for you.
0: Yeah, I I think he deserves all the credit he's getting. I wrote a piece uh, that came out on Monday of this week about the way that he's played this year. Had some quotes from after the home opener from both him and Monty Williams, which I was, uh, very fortunate to be at and be in the in the, you know, in the media section and all that. So talked a lot about how he's played, uh, what he's saying, what Monty Williams is saying about what he's doing. So definitely would recommend that you check that out over at Palaceofpistons.com. But Jasper, we're under a half hour from tip off of this Pistons pelicans scheme. Is there anything else you wanted to mention as we wrap up?
1: I I just will say this. I think last week we talked about Monty Morris coming back, how crucial that would be, potentially putting him in the starting lineup. I think after four more games, I am way in on that. I think Monty Morris has to be the starter when he returns. I I like Alec Burks a lot, but what Monty can give you in terms of passing, in terms of defense, it's much better than what Burks can give you. So as of right now, that is the thing I want to end on. I don't think that you're really going to see this starting lineup play to its highest potential until you pair a guard with Cade that can take the pressure off him in terms of playmaking, that can play solid defense next to him, and can actually provide an offensive threat in terms of spacing. Um, You had a great call on that last week, and I'm all in on what you said. You're 100% right.
0: Yeah, I think there's, you know, and, and there's there's a lot of different options. I think Monty Morris certainly is going to have a case for it. He probably doesn't get it, though, right away, just coming back into the fold. I think he's going to have to start out coming off the bench just in terms of there's a pecking order now. And and I don't see how you sell that to the locker room that a guy that isn't, I guess, necessarily regarded as a starter in the league just steps into the starting spot. But I don't know. Maybe Maybe they just do it. Maybe they say, who cares? this is what we need to do. But I, I, I think it's a, it's a viable option. I really do. I think for what you need in that spot, you don't need a 30-point-per-game a, a scorer. You need someone that can handle the basketball, be an outside option from three, things like that. So I think Monty Morris is certainly a viable option. Any last thoughts from you as well, Aaron, on, on anything else that we didn't touch on? You know what? I think people are probably sick of hearing, hearing me talk so much, and I know we are up against the gun. Uh, for this Pelicans game. So I know we're going to have another podcast next week, and there's going to have been, what, four more Pistons games in between now and then. So we'll have plenty, plenty more to talk about, and hopefully we'll be doing it with Mike Ingolano next week as well. (laughs) Aaron, thanks so much
1: for joining me on this week's podcast.
0: Yeah, always a blast. And like I said, hopefully all three of us will be back for next week's show. But that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by belief Make sure to check out our sponsor, Bet Online. Head on over to the website at palaceofpistons.com. Follow us on Twitter at Palace of Pistons. You can certainly follow myself and Jasper individually on there as well. We'll be tweeting throughout the season during the games sharing our articles and podcasts, all that and more. But thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe.